Hey, listeners. Welcome back to Still Not Ready, the Ready or Not podcast. And as much as it disappoints me to say this, I do believe we are now the only Ready or Not podcast. Have you heard from Here We Come? I've been checking on them and haven't seen much. I haven't seen an episode in a long time from our friends over at the Here We Come podcast. They seem to have fallen off the map. Oh, no. Maybe they'll be back at some point to carry on. We hope they will be. They're great humans. Uh, We did record with them a few times. Hey, Beth and Ben, hope all is well. Yeah, hit us up. What's going on? So seems like it's up to us. Uh Uh-oh. A lot of pressure. (laughs) To keep the Ready or Not (laughs) legacy going. And that's a lot. That is a lot to think about. But let's take our minds off of that by reminding you all that this is a very special episode. It is. We have a very special guest. Who is it, Amy? Big Ready or Not fan and someone who caught our eye when we asked listeners to message us and tell us why they wanted to help us break down an episode. So we mentioned her name in the previous episode. It's Cassandra, and she will be joining us right after this for Season 3, Episode 2, The Last Hurrah. Hold tight. Here she comes. I'm Amy. And I'm Britt. This is Still Not Ready, the original podcast about our favorite Canadian teen drama from the 90s, the super cringy, Ready or Not. Okay, we're ready to go, and we're ready to welcome our totally random listener guest, Cassandra. (laughs) Hi! I just waved as if everyone could see me, but hey. You nailed it. The first thing you did on the podcast, you really nailed there with the wave. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the virtual recording studio. This is where all the ready or not magic happens. How are you doing tonight? Like, how's this feeling? Are we are we making you comfortable or are you like regretting this idea already? <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm totally comfortable. I'm just like and my anxiety is like, you know, I'm always up here. So I'm up there, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> oh, good. And just a reminder, if you say anything foolish, we just cut it out. Exactly. That's the beauty. Just message us the later. Beauty of editing. We'll just edit that right on out. But I, I did see something on your Instagram. Do you you have your own podcast or you've been a guest on a podcast before? So my best friend has a podcast. It's called The Human Boombox. And um, I've been on her show a couple times. And it's really cool. She talks about music history. So we do um, song battles, like song versus song. So um, it's very fun. And then something else I pulled from your Instagram that I'm sure Britt can't wait to talk about <laughs> is uh, the parrots. Yes, I have two parrots. Um, I have an African gray, and then I have um, a smaller parrot. She's called an African red belly. And um, yeah, I'm like a, a bird lover. So. I hate birds. Well, birds are weird. Oh my God. Birds are weird. Do the, I hate them. Do the parrots talk? So the African gray parrot is supposed to be like one of the most intelligent parrots. Maybe I'm just a bad parrot owner. I don't know, but my African gray does not speak. (laughs) No, it's just waiting for its time. True, like 50 years later. (laughs) 
when you like commit a murder and then it rats on you or something. Oh. She did it. <laughs> she did it. She did it. That was like a CSI episode. Oh, it was? No, like, no. The owners were killed and they had birds or parrots. And I think like, you know, the key to the whole case was unlocking the parrots. Ugh. You know what? I think there's actually, <laughs> I could be making this up like completely, but I feel like I read a news story. So maybe it truly happened where there was something to do with an African gray parrot who, whose owner was killed. And like the parrot kind of gave some kind of information. I don't know what it was. So it's oh, a little, my. my parrot would never do that, but I swear, I swear it happened unless I just made it up, but I swear. <laughs> Does that kind of evidence you think hold up in court? No. Definitely not. <laughs> no. What are you going to do? Cross-examine the parrot? <laughs> I don't know. Why are they trying to talk to the parrots when there's a mystery anyways? like what's Because the- it gives them a clue. Exactly. Them a, clue. a route to go down. But that's a common reaction with like people and birds. They're just like, I hate birds. And I'm like, I get it. Like they're not, you know, they're not a cat or a dog. They're definitely different. <laughs> I have this like irrational fear that they just will land in your hair. They will. And you know what? I Yeah, exactly. I'm not into it. I read an article about this woman who like let a bird live in her hair. Live in her hair? Yes. It was like she had like had moved to like, I don't know, Ireland and didn't know anyone and met this bird and like just let it nest there for like a little while and it would fly away and come back. And I'm like, this is weird that is so gross birds are very messy so like if you had a bird living in your hair oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah she said it would take take her hair and like twirl it up for like its little nest oh my god. it was weird okay okay <laughs> let's move away from the bird conversation so something <laughs> something really interesting that you mentioned when you messaged us was that you grew up in Mississauga. Yes. Where they shot Ready or Not. So how old were you when the show came out? So I was, I think I was like in grade six or seven-ish. And you said when you rewatch the episodes now, you like recognize certain locations <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that you kind of remember from when you lived there, which is really cool. And that's something that you wouldn't really appreciate when the show like originally came out. But like as an adult rewatching like that, I'll mm-hmm. take you back. Yeah. And like, it's funny because when I was younger watching it, I, like you said, I would never have thought like, oh, this looks like Mississauga. But it, maybe it was just that like, it looked like where I live. So it, that's what made it like more familiar for me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just like some of the locations, like the clock tower at square one, like you could see it in a few episodes or even just like some of the locations in Toronto and stuff. Like obviously now I could recognize those, but as a kid, I would never have noticed them. But yeah, it's just like, for me, it was so like when you see like Amanda busy, like riding their bikes and I'm just like, oh my God, like I used to use my friends on the exact same streets that looked, you know, identical. So it's very mm-hmm. fun to look back on it. But you're like a ready or not locations connoisseur. <laughs> that's the right word she's embarrassed about this next story I'm gonna make her tell but this is crazy because we always talk about the locations they shot Mm -hmm. the show at and like wonder where they were but you actually found Busy's house yes so (laughs) so me and my best friend we call this like we have this thing with like minor mysteries where we find the most stupid things and we're like oh another minor mystery solved so 
One day. Wow, that's a podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah. You just find the stupidest things that exist and you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this was always just something in my head. I was like, where is this house? Because mm. if you know Mississauga, like it's just like, okay, obviously most of the houses kind of look the same, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. I know, like I have to find it just because I just like had to find it. And there was that one episode, um, the family reunion episode. It's coming up. It's coming coming up. up. And they're in the backyard and you can see the clock tower at square one. And I'm like, oh my God, like you can literally see it from this backyard. So it has to be like, if I go on Google Maps, I'm going to find it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So, um, yes, I I did this. I went on Google Maps. I did like the satellite view. This sounds so crazy, but it happened. So I'm just going to say it. I did the satellite view and there's like the angle of the clock tower. (laughs) You can trace like the path from the angle of the clock Mm. tower. And the way, like when you look on the satellite map, there's not a lot of streets, like of houses in between like the two points. So it's not like I like went into every street and was like, this is the house. It's just like, it was easy to find once you're looking for it. (laughs) Once you knew how to look for it, I guess. So I found it. Yeah. And she did. She sent us a screen grab of it, like the exact address. And like, now I want to go drive by. How long ago did you find it? This was, um, it was when COVID first started. Cause that's when I really, I was like, okay, I'm going to rewatch Ready or Not. So it was probably like 2020 that I found it. That's a COVID project okay, for but sure. The house looks like the exact same. Yeah. It looks very, very similar. From when they shot it yeah like it's not like it's painted like a totally different color like it looks almost the exact same and i bet you the people who live there like they honestly probably have no idea like they're like they have no idea Mm -hmm. no they don't okay and you have to tell us this surprise date story So it was, um, it was definitely unexpected. And I just, I don't know why I tell people that I'm like a huge writer, not fan. It's just like a part of my identity, I guess. It comes up in conversation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's just in your profile. It's like hobbies, ready or not. (laughs) And it, it just always has been like, I don't even know, like none of my friends, it has not stuck with any of them. But for me, it's just, it just sticks. So, so yeah, I just, um, obviously I had expressed interest in ready or not. So the person that I was with, she lived in Thornhill and at the time Lanny was working at a restaurant. I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was Moxie's, but I could be wrong because it was a long time ago. And, um, so we just like show up to this restaurant and there she is like, and I was just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this. She was working. She was working, right? She was working, yeah. So I was able to meet her and um, she did, uh, she was playing drums like in the restaurant. Oh, that's so Okay, cool. wait. Okay, was she, a, like, was she your server or she was like the in-house entertainment? No, she was a server. She wasn't my server. And I was actually like happy about that because I would have felt really like weird about weird. that. It would have been too much, right? <laughs> but I like, I was able to meet her and I was just like, oh my God, I'm like, hi. And um, did you get a pic? No, I didn't at the time. This was like <laughs> the era of like the actual camera. Like we didn't have phones mm, at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, okay. It's like an awkward, like, here's my huge clunky thing. Like, let's oh, can we get someone else? Take yeah. a photo. <laughs> so but yeah and she played drums and I don't know why like 
I assume that the restaurant, like maybe they did have some kind of like entertainment. And I seriously don't know why she was playing the drums because it was just <laughs> her. So <laughs> wait, did she start playing the drums before or after you approached her and said you were a big ready or not fan? Well, I can't remember. So maybe like I don't know. I don't want to say like oh maybe it was for you. <laughs> maybe she's like, you know what, I'm really gonna give this girl the true busy Ramon experience and tinker around on the drums. And let me a just get bit. my drum kit from my car that I just drove over <laughs> or off my back of my bike. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just starts screaming the alphabet like in the episode. She's like, hey. No, it'd be like, huh, huh, huh. Oh, she plays the keyboards when she does that. Yeah. You know what's funny? I don't know why it was just Ready or Not, but they were always rumors about where the stars of Ready or Not worked. Someone was like, oh, have you guys heard Lonnie Billard is bagging groceries up in Muskoka? Oh, in Muskoka. <laughs> yeah, like up in cottage country, someone's like, oh, have you heard? And I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, I don't think so. Like, but she's... like it could have been true. <laughs> but well, well I, and think then she, I... I think she did work in the service industry for a while because I'm the same. I've heard a lot of stories about her working yeah, in restaurants or serving tables. I even heard her on a podcast. I don't remember what podcast, but I think at the beginning of the pandemic, like she started doing like grocery delivery service. Mm-hmm. So like... It's within her wheelhouse to seemingly just do anything. So maybe yeah. some of these rumors are true. And there's rumors about like where Laura worked and stuff. And it's just funny that those were the actors you heard rumors about. <laughs> and they weren't even bad rumors. Like it's not like a bad rumor. And you know what? It's funny because most people that aren't like diehard Ready or Not fans or have a Ready or Not podcast would look at them and stare at them and be like, gosh, I know that person yeah. from somewhere, right? And I bet they just get people just staring oh. at them, going like, so who annoying? is that? Who is that? It'd be worse. It'd be worse than if you were like a well-known actor and like people knew your face and knew your name, than like people being like, who is that? Like, I know that. <laughs> like person. this awkward standoff in your building's elevator. You know, like going up and like, oh something where you're like, oh, hi. Uh, Who are uh, you? I know no, you. I don't know. Uh, is it yeah. just from being in the building? No, I know you from something. Uh, it would just be like constantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those oh poor girls. God. Those poor girls. So <laughs> we got your message about wanting to be on the show and helping us with an episode. You're telling us all these stories. And I think like every other line, you were also trying to convince us that you weren't crazy. Time will tell. <laughs> like, guys, I'm cool. I swear. <laughs> I just really love the show. But me being a diehard Backstreet Boy fan from back in the day, I always appreciate like a really solid fangirl moment. Well, good, good. I used to like run after tour buses and my friend and I like spent a night on the street to get front row at a general admission concert. So like, I'm with you. I'm with you on these like hardcore. (laughs) I couldn't imagine you with the internet. Like imagine you had the internet when you were a Backstreet Boys fan. It would have been so problematic. I also, I was a a Backstreet Boys (laughs) fan. Like I was there. So I, uh, (laughs) I get that. And the internet would have been definitely problematic. (laughs) 
You never would have slept. You would just be up all night, like trying to find out where are they? Blah, 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 blah. Like every, it would just be. Yes. Because you know what? When they were, when they were on like much music, it was like the anticipation was insane. When they did that intimate and interactive on much music, it was like this two week lead up. And then like, I, I had like my VHS ready to go (laughs) and like, it's very different. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But you would have totally fallen for someone who was pretending to be like Nick Carter online. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been Nick. It would have been Brian. Okay. Well, oh but you would have been like, oh, my God, Mom, I'm talking to Brian from Backstreet Boys. Oh. No, I would say yes. back in the day, Sorry. Howie was not a fan favorite. But like nowadays, like he's looking really good. Like, and I, I say that with and, like, you know, I'm shocked at saying that. But like, Wow. If you saw him on the street, he's a he's an average looking backstreet boy. But if you saw him at a grocery store, you'd be like, that's a good yep. looking man. And if you saw Nick Carter at the grocery he's store, like, oh my god, like, he's like a loser. Oh my god. <laughs> he's a bit of a washup. Yeah, it looks like a washup. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay, let's get back to our regular schedule a little bit here. Let's get into our new segment for season three. Now versus then. So again, a brand new segment where we talk about something that was popular when the episode of Ready or Not originally aired and something that's popular now. And this week's category is, Britt? Camp fashion trends. Camp fashion trends. Um, So Britt revealed she didn't go to sleepaway camp, Mm -mm. but... She did go to summer camp. I did. I did. Cassandra, did you go to camp? I did. I was a girl guide, so I did go to sleepaway camp. You guys are so bougie with your overnight camps. So bougie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a time. Do you remember do you remember what you wore when you went to camp? Or was it just like the girl guide outfits? I don't remember wearing a girl guide outfit at sleepaway camp. Like I was a overalls plaid shirt kind of gal. So Northern Getaway. Oh, Northern Getaway. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Forgot about that. Okay. Camp fashion. Britt, tell us more about camp fashion in 1995. Picture white kids. Okay. Bike shorts and an oversized shirt. A big t-shirt. You're a size small, but you're wearing like an XL. Yeah, you keep talking about biker shorts, but I don't know that I did the biker shorts in the 90s. Yeah, me neither. I think I did them in the 80s. I think I did them in the 80s. The thing that sticks out in my mind of like who wore biker shorts in the 90s was Princess Diana. Okay. And then because Hailey Bieber started wearing it, (laughs) the white running shoes and like really chunky socks, bike shorts, and an oversized shirt. Yeah, and I like that you also picked a look that's like super in right now. Yeah. Or at least last year. Anyways, we'll see what happens. And maybe the shirt's tie-dye. Again. Tie-dye. And then you top it off with some homemade friendship bracelets. Oh, those. Oh, my gosh. I used to make those all the time. There's a few other things, but I think that'd be the more classic because you're probably not wearing your like plaid schoolgirl skirt to camp if we think like what Cher wore in Clueless that was like really big in 95 but you're probably not wearing that to camp right you know a baby doll dress leave that at home yeah that doesn't go to camp (laughs) maybe for like your last night when they do like the dance (laughs) okay (laughs) 
<laughs> you put a lot of thought into this. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Baby doll on the last mm -hmm. night. So what what's now for camp fashion, Amy? Okay. So I'm going to keep this quick and easy because we still have a whole episode to get to. So a trend that I'm kind of into but haven't experimented with yet. It's a little young for me. Mismatched socks. Oh my God. Okay. I have one quick story about this. There was this guy <laughs> in high school that everyone was like, oh my God, he's so hot. Everyone had a huge crush on him. And one day walking into the cafeteria, he had one white sock on and one gray sock. And I said, no. Oh, he was cut for you. <laughs> he was canceled. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. He was out. No. Yeah. Okay. So I just recently, like last weekend, went to a family function and a teen there took off her shoes and she was wearing two Under Armour socks. So they had come from the same package, but like one was pink and one was blue. And then everyone in the room, of course, was like, oh, did you get dressed in the dark? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like writing notes yeah. in the corner about Classic. like camp fashion. You did Google to make sure this is legit in style. Yeah, it's happening. Okay. It's happening. Okay. Kids are into it. I think it's like a really fun, like youthful thing. Because they're wearing their slides so everyone can see the two colors. They'll be wearing sandals and they'll be wearing two different socks. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I um I don't know if I could approve of that. I just find it very weird. But, you know, whatever the kids are doing these days, you know, go for it. <laughs> I like it for the kids. If you tried to do it now, pushing 40, you just look like you haven't done laundry in two weeks. And then the kids would think you're trying way too hard. Yeah, that's a way too hard moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely show up to the office and I'm in like miss, miss yeah. that sock. Like, hey, guys. No, guys, it's trendy. It's happening. <laughs> it's ha you're like trying to convince people. You're like Googling it, showing them like it's I a trend. <laughs> Okay, so I have I have one more very small reboot thing to bring up before the episode. I'm only bringing this up because we have sort of promised to bring you all the Ready or Not reboot news. So on TikTok, someone posted a video. The person's name was at Ricky Lee 88. It's a video of them talking and saying, quote, this is not a drill. They are rebooting Ready or Not. They went on to say they have a friend that works in production in Toronto and they are currently scouting locations for the reboot. And they confirmed that both Lonnie Billard and Laura Bertram will be involved. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Some problems with this, but. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. What are the issues? Well, okay. How reliable is TikTok? Well, not not even that, but this production company that's scouting locations, and this person is what? This is a friend. A friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. <laughs> no, I, I believe that they're out scouting locations. Okay. The part about the confirmation that Lonnie and Amanda are in is like... <laughs> Lonnie and Laura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, well, we all already know that. Well, they'd have to be in. If they're doing a reboot, yeah. you got to have the two of them. So I think that was like a throw in of like, oh, yeah, this is legit because like Lonnie and Laura are in it. It's like, yeah, but we already knew that they were. But we said we'd bring you everything, folks. So that's something. That it, Yeah, it's something. 
It's something. Okay. So I think we'll make our way back to Camp Wanahawi and see what Busy and Amanda are up to. And Britt has the synopsis of the episode. All right. <laughs> Season three, debatable. Episode two, the last hurrah. We're still at camp. Amanda gets scared, gets embarrassed, and they plan a raid on the boys' cabin. Things go bad, but then they look up as Amanda becomes a woman. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ready or not? Okay, season three, episode two of Ready or Not, the last hurrah. So we have Busy played by Lonnie Billard, Amanda played by Laura Bertram. Busy and Amanda are now in the same cabin. And Busy's new bestie is telling a little ghost story while they're all in their bunks. So the scary story is about a cook the camp used to have. His name's Sparky. He had kids that went to the camp that died when they drowned in a tragic canoeing accident with their counselor, Sherry, <laughs> who she says is Cherry's grandmother. So remember, Cherry is busy in Amanda's camp counselor. Of course. Is this not just Friday the 13th? Are they mimicking that? Well, okay, so Friday the ter- 13th is set at camp, and the whole thing is like Jason drowns at the camp, and then it's like, coming back and haunting them all oh well maybe i mean they had to (laughs) go off something (laughs) so as the story goes sparky disappears after this tragedy and once a year at haunted beach which is at or near the camp you can smell hamburgers cooking from some shack So she says campers checked it out one year and saw nothing but a head. And then she throws a head of cabbage at Amanda. Amanda screams. So people seem scared by the story. (laughs) It's a half decent, scary story. A lot of eye rolling from Busy. She's not impressed. Mm -hmm. So great timing. Right after the story ends, the boys camp raids their cabin It's very frantic. They're running around with flashlights. The girls are all telling Amanda to turn the lights on, but she doesn't. The boys run out, and I don't know where Cherry is. Off with her boyfriend. Well, I assume that the boyfriend's (laughs) cabin, right? So after they leave, Busy comes over to Amanda's bunk and is like, why didn't you turn the lights on? And we find out, Amanda has wet the bed. How? <laughs> I find this to be like a bit of a weird, a weird plot twist or like, obviously kids at her age, could, this could still happen. I just don't really understand why it's even in the story. Uh, well, she's fully awake when it happens. Yeah. Does she, does she pee the bed because of Sparky or because of the raid? Well, I think... She heard this scary story, so she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then, ah, and it just comes out, which, like, is normal if you're, like, a 40-year-old woman who's had, like, three kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, a depends ad, basically. Like, I didn't really get why. I feel like they're just trying to set her up almost as, like, the, you know, the biggest wimp on the planet, like, for Mm -hmm. the end of the episode. But I do think it's just a bit, like, why did she have to wet her bed? I don't know. 
it's another one of those weird things where you're like, well, we haven't really heard Amanda talk about that before. And like, mm-hmm. she's fully awake. It's really odd. There's a lot of setup things <laughs> in this episode, especially, but throughout Ready or Not, where it's like, oh, we'll put this in because we need it for later. But I mean, she could have just like screamed like crazy and like hit under her covers and like just not stop screaming. Like that would have True. accomplished the same thing. <laughs> yeah, she's not like she chose to pee her bed. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're so mad about it. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's based in some reality of something like this actually happening. Could been. It just seems like a weird thing to think about, like, oh, okay, we're gonna have like Amanda pee the bed because she's so scared. I don't know. And then there's like this whole weird thing where like she happens to be the one who sleeps by the light switch and she right. was the one they called on for the light and like she goes like her whole fall whole thing. It's a whole thing. So the next day, Amanda is hosing her sleeping bag off with a hose. That, that would make it even worse. <laughs> well, that is never going to dry. That is no. never going to dry. <laughs> yeah, for years, that will not dry. Forget about like the next night. So the rest of the girls come out of the cabin and notice a bra up the flagpole. So the guys during the raid stole one of their bras and strung it up the flagpole. Lola's bra, right. So then we get this funny conversation in the mess hall during breakfast where one girl is like, I'd die if they stole my bra. And another girl says, (laughs) you don't wear a bra. You wear undershirts. (laughs) (laughs) And they're, they're ragging on Amanda a bit for like not turning on the lights. And Nibs is sticking up for her, like saying Mm -hmm. it wasn't her fault. So Cherry then makes this little speech about what happened last night. And she says like, no retaliation. And we also find out that they're all going home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Last day. Last hurrah, right. So later on by the lake, Amanda walks in on Busy and Lola planning a counterattack on the boys' cabin tonight. Whoa. <laughs> Amanda's like, you heard what Cherry said, but she wants to come with. And Lola's like, there's no screaming, no crying. You can't screw it up. But she says she can come. I, I don't know. Busy's kind of being a bit of a you-know-what this episode. She's a bad episode. friend to Amanda in this episode. Yeah. She's horrible. Well, Amanda's a little... I mean, you can stick up for your friends only so far. I mean, if you're peeing the bed <laughs> at camp well, when you're fully awake... <laughs> ride or die, Amy. Ride or be die. No, she's really into this new friend Lola, right? Well, that's the problem. They're like fast friends. This is the thing. It's like you always think Busy isn't like Amanda, but in these situations, she kind of is. Like she's trying to, you know, impress Lola. She just isn't as like desperate seemingly to do it as like Amanda comes across. Yeah. And she's almost like a little bit on the cool girl side at camp. Mm -hmm. I think she's sort of popular there. And maybe she's not so popular at home, so she's, like, grasping onto it. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where they go away to the beach cabin and Lisa makes really cool friends and they don't know she's a nerd back home. That is a great episode. (laughs) Britt doesn't watch The Simpsons. Oh, my God. Haven't seen it. (laughs) See you in the car. Millhouse. I was going to say, I think now this could be like just my own opinion, but I always 
thought that the character of Busy was like gay, like she's a gay character. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe this is because it's the first time she's like experiencing a crush, but she doesn't know it yet. And, you know, Lola and her together, you know, I don't know. Interesting perspective. Whether or not they thought about that when they wrote the episode is hard to tell, right? But don't we know that the character that Busy is based on, Elise Rosenberg, like later in life, this was like her best friend Mm -hmm. growing up. And then, you know, they met 20 years later and her best friend was gay. Oh, okay. Like Busy is loosely based off of. So maybe that friend... Elise went to camp with and that friend got really tight with another friend. This is all just speculation. (laughs) So Amanda, Lola, and Busy all agree that they're all in on this retaliation that they're not supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. And again, later on, they're tie-dyeing. Cherry walks by someone and says, how many times do I have to tell you? Don't eat the dye. That's Marley, the undershirt girl. Oh, the same girl? Oh, I yeah. was going to say, who the frig is eating tie-dye? Well, it's not good, I don't think. Like, it's not sweet. No. I don't know what it's the... It's not like syrup. What's the appeal there? I don't know. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a funny, like, don't eat the paint chip sort of <laughs> comment. But it's like, yeah, I don't know a single person that's ever tried tie-dye. But later in the episode, the same character eats something else. Is this the cabbage? Oh, sorry. What's the character's name? It's Marley and the cabbage. Marley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do they say her name in the episode? Or no, you just Cherry found says it? it right at this scene. Oh, Cherry. She's like, Marley. Oh, Cherry calls What do I tell Marley, you? Don't ever. Stop eating the dye. How much dye has she eaten over the summer? Do you think? So while yeah. tie dyeing, Amanda helps Lola and Busy make a smart plan because she's no dummy. So the plan is to sneak out after dinner, paddle a canoe across the bay, steal the boys' flag off their flagpole, and paddle back before lights out because the guys are having some sort of party that they're going to be distracted by. So they all pack their beds to make it look Mm -hmm. like they're sleeping And Nibs is in on it, Niblet. She's going to say they're all sleeping off the undercooked fish sticks that were served for supper between trips to the toilet. So Busy's friend Lola is giving Mm -hmm. Amanda a bit of a hard time in this episode. She's making fun of her for packing a huge backpack. Okay, more great timing. All the camp counselors are flirting with each other, so they're all distracted. Busy and Amanda and Lola find a canoe Mm -hmm. that's kind of off on its own they get in and start paddling (laughs) so halfway across the bay the girls realize the canoe is leaking they're going down they didn't pack their little kit the requirements of any boating excursion (laughs) and how long was it retaining water for like how long were they paddling you should notice that I know. And the boat the boat was <laughs> know, also right? sitting in the water when they got into it. So if there was a leak, it would have been half full already. If it's enough to take them down anyways, right? But Amanda's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? But it's like, I mean, start at least bailing the water out. They don't have a bail bucket. They don't have their little kit. Yeah. But yeah. they could see, like, the shore. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> 
like, oh my God, what should we do? It's like, there's land all around you. <laughs> yeah. You have a life jacket on and you were swimming that day. So how cold is the water? <laughs> and Busy and Amanda are like on the freaking swim team. I know. Swim, Amanda. Duh. Swim. Swim, my friends. <laughs> swim to the shore. Oh, so they quickly paddle to the shore despite Amanda like having this little meltdown. But they're a bit trapped now because they have like a shit boat and apparently none of them can swim. Yeah, this makes no sense, but (laughs) no sense. (laughs) Well, they aren't where they plan to be. Like they had to row to somewhere they weren't planning on being, which explains why they don't know where they are when yeah, they get out I of guess. the boat. Yeah, I The whole thing doesn't fully make sense, though, because Busy and Lola's initial first plan was to walk to the boys' cabin. Mm-hmm. And then this was like, let's paddle across the bay. Which is probably like a stone's throw. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. so you obviously could probably just, wherever you are, walk back to camp. Back around the bay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Follow the shoreline. Follow the shoreline. No, but they they do decide that they're on the haunted beach. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember where Sparky makes burgers once a year. Mm -hmm. So it's getting dark already. Busy has a little freak out because of a spider. And Amanda, like, helps her shoo it away. And then Amanda has to pee. She heads towards an abandoned shack. (gasps) Bit of an odd choice. Hamburger shack. Yeah, just squat anywhere. Like, why do you have to go towards creepy abandoned shack? So she's peeing beside the abandoned shack. And OMG, she gets her first period. Oh. She screams. At first, at first she's like, oh, no. And then she's very excited. And... We're assuming she has something to address this situation in the huge backpack she's carrying around. And she must have packed some toilet paper. And she's also been wearing tampons for practice since two seasons ago. That makes me so, like, I'm like, oh, my God, like, toxic shock is real. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? The practicing tampon thing, we definitely agreed, even though that was, like, the second episode we did. We agreed that was a bad idea. That's a whole episode in Nip Tuck. It is. If you ever watch that show, yeah, the daughter gets it from doing this exact thing. Oh, wow. I never really watched that show. I mean, it's a bit of a garbage show. Not many people did, (laughs) but Britt has watched all of television. So have you, I think. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the episode. I've seen it. Um, Okay. Oh, boy. Where are we now? Oh, yeah, she gets her period. Yeah. Okay, so, Cassandra, we just met, so I'm not going to ask you about your first period. (laughs) But does anyone know anyone that was excited about their first period? No. Because we all know that Amanda was super excited. Like, she's been waiting for this for a long Mm -hmm. time, right? But I'm thinking maybe, maybe they have the Amanda character be this excited just for the young girls watching the show at the time. Yeah. And have it be like more of something exciting and a big deal as opposed to just like some kind of annoying thing that suddenly happened. Yeah. Just to like normalize it, I think. Because we never, I mean, at, at that time, like growing up, I don't think we ever had like a class really about like this specifically aside from like, it's going to happen. And it was just like, that was it. So yeah, maybe just to normalize it and make girls feel more comfortable and that you can be excited if you want, but 
I don't know. <laughs> so grade six. So the one time I did sleepaway camp was like the end of year trip at school for grade six. Mm-hmm. But before we went, like, you know, like the week before, the teachers just pulled all the girls into a class specifically to tell us all to like pack pads. So weird. <laughs> but then it's also like, but if you like don't have any, you could always just use your bandana. Like, I was, think you like, told this story before because I was waiting for the bandana comment. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay. I mean, you do probably need to tell kids in grade six, like maybe you should pack for these things because you never know, like parents might not. But I do remember when I went to sleepaway camp. My mom took a whole thing of pads, like a freaking, <laughs> I don't even know how many are in them. Like it's like a bulk pack. It's like a 36 pack or something and put them in my bag and said like, okay, this is here just in case you need it. And I remember in my head going like, I'm going to need all of those. <laughs> like how many do you need? <laughs> I'm going for six days. <laughs> Like, I'm really nervous about what is going to happen now. It didn't happen that week. Thank God. Okay. No, yeah. I think it just provides something in opposition to the way Busy reacted to it. Like, she was annoyed just like, I remember being annoyed, being like, oh, great. Like, this feels like shit. And, like, now I got to worry about this and keep track of this. Well, and I think that's why it's maybe nice to see someone excited about it because usually you're not. It's a little refreshing or something. As you said, like it normalizes it too, right? A little bit more. Like it isn't something to like be secret about. Be excited. Yeah, we get a little bit back into this later. But okay, in the midst of all of this, the canoe has floated away. (laughs) Well, Sparky came and took it away. Of course. Or it sunk. Someone said Sparky came and took it. Yeah. Why would Sparky do that? Because now they're trapped. And they're going to be hamburger meat. Yes. The story doesn't make sense. (laughs) Why does the dad of the dead children need to seek revenge on other campers? That's exactly what happened in Friday the 13th. I think one of the killers in one of the franchises of that movie was Jason's mom coming back. Okay. So Jason dies in a drowning accident. He's like the killer in like the first Friday the 13th, number one. In number two, it's his mom coming back. Okay. Or the killer's the mom. I don't know. But it's the exact same story. Okay. When did that come out? 80s. Okay. So it's a possibility they kind of are trying to mimic that story. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. They just kind of say like, oh, they're scared. Sparky. Yeah. Okay. The girls are scared. Okay. The girls are scared. The canoe's gone. And Lola is also flipping the script in this scene because she's now scared. It's dark. They're lost. And in the woods, there's this Sparky situation. And then Busy falls and twists her ankle. Pretty hard fall. (laughs) It's a hard fall. Pretty hard call. She twists her ankle just from like, I mean, maybe it could happen, but it was just like, wow, she She was, she was standing and fell. She wasn't running or walking or hiking. (laughs) Well, I guess in the canoe, remember she said she couldn't run because she did hurt her knee. Maybe, you know, this little trip on the butt because she fell backwards onto her bum. You know, maybe that mixed with the knee injury. She's just, she's down. Well, maybe this is. (laughs) 
sort of canceling out the swim back option for the girls. It must be why they also can't walk back. It still seems fairly unlikely, but I mean, she's kind of walking around pretty okay the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's true. And then Cherry has to come get them on a motorboat. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> and she's so aggressive when she, when she Okay, ladies, we're not there yet. We're not Cut at that. this out. I'll repeat it again when We're we get there. <laughs> <laughs> We're close. We're close. Okay. So Amanda, Amanda sort of takes control. She gives Lola a Walkman to listen to. And Lola is basically no longer in the episode. <laughs> yeah, so Thanks weird. to the Walkman. Yeah. Did she just fall asleep there with her Walkman? I don't know. So now the girl's only option, which we all know isn't true is to spend the night in the abandoned cabin that Amanda peed beside. Oh, boy. So they're in the cabin. It seems fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just an empty shack. Amanda's taping Busy's ankle. Lola is there, but again, not participating in the story anymore. Headphones still on. They're talking about Amanda getting her period. So this is what I was leading into before. Amanda mm-hmm. says... It's not as big of a deal as she thought it might be. But she really is taking control. But I think that's what they're getting at. Like, she's all woman now. Hear me roar. Hear her roar, yeah. Just... What does she... She says uh, maybe maybe it gave her some woman power. Mm-hmm. Busy says hers never does that. <laughs> Amanda in her backpack also has, like, hot cocoa in a thermos. Yeah, she's like... Thinking ahead. She's got everything they need for this exact disaster. Exactly. But she didn't bring water. Did you bring no water? Water or snacks are not seen, but something to tape Busy's ankle, a Walkman, and a thermos of cocoa. Bing, bang, bong. It's all done. So Busy apologizes, actually, at this point for thinking Amanda was a wimp. They talk about things that scare them. And decide everyone's scared of something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amanda's is like real serious. Oh, she talks about being afraid of something happening to her mom, right? Which, I mean, she's an only child and all she has is her mom. I do remember like being a kid. My dad was a smoker. Okay. And I remember like as a kid having like this really, I mean, I don't know how irrational it was but like this fear of like he's gonna die from smoking and like one day like going and like ripping up all his cigarettes oh you did that (laughs) and then i think i got really upset i got scared i was gonna get in trouble okay so what did he say when he found the ripped up cigarettes okay i don't remember because i remember telling my mom and like crying to my mom about it and then she probably handled it she probably handled it but like what are you gonna say to your kid dad i'm scared you're gonna die from smoking okay so I ripped up your cigarettes. Okay, did he shortly after that quit smoking? I don't remember, but he's like quit and started smoking again. Like, okay. you know, people quit and then they start. It's like a thing. But I have to say, though, that would, as a parent, that would get to me. I know, right? Yeah. If mom told dad that 
<laughs> the daughter ripped up the cigarettes <laughs> and was crying. I'm not trying to. We don't need to. But I'm saying I can see like Amanda's like, if my mom's five minutes late, I'm scared she's dead in a car accident. So like I can kind of get that like, you know, young, irrational fear of something happening. Well, is everyone scared of something? Because we, well, there's the whole thing with the spider with Busy. So Busy's scared of spiders. But is everyone scared of something? Or do we all just have like rational fears? Good question. Well, okay. Like, remember, Amy, that one time you thought I disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) So you are scared of something that's probably (laughs) unlikely to ever happen. (laughs) Well, no, I said, okay, now I have to tell the story. So thanks for this. But we're having a little party and Britt left the house and we all thought she left with this one person. And then that person came back and was like, where's Britt? And we're like, what are you talking about? She left with you. And literally the place she disappeared from was my backyard to the street I live on. So like this person who is supposed to be giving her a ride, like somehow lost her between my backyard and the street. And so we're calling her phone and she wasn't answering her phone. And I listened to, and I will admit this way too many true crime podcasts. Oh, like, me too. Way too many. So my head goes, Oh my God, somebody took her. See, that's your fear. <laughs> yeah, but I have to admit, I don't think about people. Okay, so let's just be clear. Britt did not get abducted. No, I went home with another friend. <laughs> she went home with a different friend. There was just a miscommunication. Her phone wasn't on, so she wasn't answering her phone. I also called her husband and was like, uh, don't be scared, but we lost Britt. And he's like, I'm not worried. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, (laughs) how long has she been missing? 30 seconds? Like, give it time. Anyways, thanks for this, Britt. But uh, where was I going with this? Well, this is a fear. I know in your day-to-day life, you're not like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. But, you know, it brought up a fear. I don't know if it was a fear or I was, like, slightly excited I was going to be part of, like, a story where somebody disappeared. No, I'm serious. You are going to talk on my Dateline episode. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) For free. They won't even have to pay you. You'll be like, I'll do the interview. (laughs) Anyways, Cassandra, do you have a fear? Um... I think when I was younger, I definitely had like those irrational fears, but now I wouldn't say it's a fear because I totally think it's a reality. I am a true crime. Like I listen to so many podcasts and watch so many shows. I'm like, this could happen. So it's like a fear of something legitimately happening. Like you could walk out to the street and be killed. And like, and it's, that's just true. Well, I mean, the city you live in, Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hamilton is a lovely place. It's a lovely place. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I love true crime so much that there's a small part of me that would be excited to be part of something like that. It does really mess with you, though, because as you just said, how you're like, 
I actually think this could happen. But when you actually look at the statistics, it's like no one, like the amount of people that have just been randomly killed in Hamilton is like so small. Well, we're talking about Hamilton specifically, yeah. But it, just like anywhere, right? But you wa- you listen so much. You're like, well, this obviously happens every single minute to everyone. Every time you listen to a podcast, it's true, though. It does. It messes with you and makes you like an irrational person. <laughs> well, the whole the missing kids thing is a big one for me, like, because I have kids. But I also think how many people want other people's kids and want to take them and then I think like someone would take my kids and then like the next day bring them back to my front porch and be like no thank you on these kids that's honestly what I think and usually when we get the amber alerts about the missing kids it's like someone involved in the family is just like some stupid miscommunication where the dad takes them and like left his phone off or something like that right but yeah, yeah, the true crime thing is like, I think it's putting us all in a bad way. Okay, so the girls sleep through the entire night in the cabin. Amanda's up bright and early. She wanders over to the boys' cabins, which I guess is a trail that she can see now. That it's light. Yeah, now that it's slightly less dark than it was the night before um so she meets lola and busy down by the bay and perfect timing again their counselor cherry is cruising up the bay in a motorboat looking for them why didn't they just walk back why didn't they walk back especially if they could see the boys cabin then you obviously know the way to walk back because initially they were going to walk to the cabin and they paddled in a canoe that had a hole in it across a bay that Cherry now has to take a <laughs> motorboat to find them. Also, Cherry, if you have a motorboat, how long have you known the girls were missing? Oh. Well, that's the thing. She's probably like out on the lake all morning. Amanda. <laughs> busy (laughs) well she's like eight hours late on the whole motorboat cruise in the bay thing because they would have heard her if she was cruising around at night also the other little plot hole in all of this is if the boys were having a big last hurrah they couldn't hear them and like no oh that's the way to go and then we can just jute back to the cabins well cherry is pissed well rightfully so She's like, get in the boat. Get in the boat. So aggressive. (laughs) And she says, like, she's called all their parents. They'll all be lucky if they get back into summer camp ever again. Is it summer camp if you don't try and raid the boys' cabins, though? Like, really? There was no raiding when I went to camp. Really? None. I would have been too young, I think. Also, we had counselors that like slept in the front oh, I guess of the cabin. Yeah, I don't understand well, the whole raid thing, or not even like trying to sneak out to go to like another person's cabin or something. Like none of that. Maybe if I went a little later, because I used to sneak out of my house at night, so I probably would have been into the camp cabin sneaking out of. Maybe you had to go to camp for like the entire summer almost to like start get a little bit more know. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. 
Because this feels like a very normal thing to do at camp. Sneak out of a cabin and be missing for a whole night? Well, okay, but obviously not the missing part, but to sneak out for like a, an hour and then like, you know, go, go back. back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that shit would be wild, especially when you're like 12. So back at camp, Nibs reveals in the middle of the night, she woke up. The girls weren't there yet. Um, she says she saw the canoe sunk to the bottom of the bay. Oh, down by the bay, well, exactly. So if Jessica <laughs> Niblet could walk over to where the canoe was, <laughs> they yeah, were like, they were what? Yeah, ten steps Wait. down the way. <laughs> How deep is it? I need a map. I need a map of this entire <laughs> camp. What's happening? Yeah, Niblet said she saw the canoe at the bottom. In my head, I'm thinking like it's back at the dock at the camp, but it certainly is not, unless it just like floated over there. And then they just and watched she just, it sink. And it it's also in the dark in the night when Niblet <laughs> did she wake up in the morning? I thought it was at night. I think it maybe was morning. So, anyways, she's the one who reported the whole situation. But nobody seems mad about no. that. That's fine. It's the last day. Well, yeah. Now it's the last day at camp. So everyone's packing up, signing each other's autograph books. One girl says, this girl's like really monotone. She's the one who said, you don't wear a bra, you wear undershirts. Oh, yeah. She says, here's my number in case you ever come to Sarnia. Although I don't know why you ever would. I call it Harnia. No. Hernia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I hernia. know she's trying to say hernia, but she says harnia. <laughs> to rhyme it with sarnia. Well, the internet doesn't have nice things to say about sarnia, so. Also, sarnia is a long way to come from to go to camp yeah. where Bisbee yeah, and Amanda it's are. It's probably like a seven-hour drive. Well, this girl's so monotone and boring. <laughs> she needs something in her life. <laughs> <laughs> you don't wear bras you wear undershirts <laughs> wait is she the girl who eats cabbage i keep mixing them up no the under no. the girl who wears the undershirts is the girl who eats right. the cabbage what's the monotone girl's name i don't think she had one yeah you know what we kind of skipped over the whole girl eating cabbage thing that came in when the girls were like Making it look like they were sleeping in right. their bed. Yeah. And then Marnie. Marley. Marley comes over and says, like, use this as your head. And it's mm -hmm. the cabbage from the story about Sparky. And then Busy's like, oh, there's a bite out of this. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And I guess, I guess Marley is like, what does she say? It's something funny. I was funny. hungry. I was hungry. Oh, what are these side characters? <laughs> we need more on these side she's characters. She's still eating it like at the end of the episode, I think. Or am I wrong on that? She eats it throughout. Come on. I swear. No. Oh. Come on. Oh, I have to go. I watched this like a couple of times before coming on and now I'm like totally blanking or making it up. But I swear she eats it at various times throughout the day. That's hilarious. Wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Britt, you can't yawn when you say stuff, man. <laughs> it's so hard to take that out in editing. Just cut the whole statement. No value. I know, but there's so many times <laughs> when I have to take out your yawning lines. I had to leave one in in the last episode just to stick it to you. <laughs> I probably don't even notice. Oh, God. Just cut out the whole thing. Sorry to keep you up, Britt. 
It is late. It's nice. It's it is late on a Saturday. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, you two. <laughs> so so it's just busy and Amanda left in the cabin. And Amanda reveals when she got up in the morning, she got the boy's flag. <gasps> Good for her. That's a super badass move, Amanda. That is Bade Ace. <laughs> I really like that Amanda did this. So it cheers the girls up. They both seem satisfied with their time at summer camp. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get back to the city. Mississauga. Mississauga. (laughs) Or Scarborough or whatever, wherever it is that they live. Uh, The end. I would say if this was my experience at camp, I'd be pretty satisfied as well. Well, it seems pretty good. Well, overnight camp is all about these like weird stories that you can tell Mm -hmm. later on in life (laughs) on your podcast 30 (laughs) years later. And that that about wraps up summer camp episodes. Good. Do you know what episode is next? The French. One of my faves. (laughs) Brit's yawning again. (laughs) I didn't say anything during the yawn. (laughs) One of my favorite episodes. Uh, Amanda Jante Plumeranda. <laughs> and hopefully by the time the next episode comes out, Encore Plus has the licensing renewed and it's up. I hope. Yes. So we got a few messages about how Encore Plus, the YouTube channel that we usually watch the Ready or Not episodes on, and we always send people there when they're trying to watch the episodes and watch along with us. They did remove all their episodes, but we've noticed in the comments section. So Encore Plus on their YouTube channel, they have all sorts of Canadian content, but people are commenting like, where's ready or not? Mm -hmm. And apparently April is the month where they have to renew all their licensing. Right. And this did happen last year. It did. Yeah. Around the same time. And people were frantic about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they did put them back up. So hold tight. It's pretty likely that those episodes are going to come mm-hmm. back up. And I think one last quick question. Are you a busy or an Amanda? Okay. I would say when I was younger, I definitely was an Amanda. But now I'm like 100% busy. <laughs> well, I have to say... It's been a blast having you join us for this episode. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. I'm so happy to like mm-hmm. talk about Ready or Not to people who also want to talk about Ready or Not. <laughs> it's a very small <laughs> amount of people. <laughs> Amy, our listeners are through the roof. Our Absolutely listens. through the it's roof. It's not that small. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, thanks uh, for taking the time to message us and to record with us. Well, thank you. And of course, thank you for listening. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe before you click away from us. Join us in a few weeks for season three, episode three of Ready or Not, Tongue Tied. Find us on Instagram at Still Not Ready Pod and let us know. What were you fangirling about in the 90s? Are you afraid of anything? Did getting your period give you superhuman powers? Thanks again. I'm Amy. And I'm Britt. And you've just found out we're still not ready.